Welcome to Something Real, and today we're at something to talk about. Uh, we're looking at the idea of righteousness, specifically in uh, in Ephesians 6, chapter 14. We'll be talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Stacy's not able to be with us today uh, for some scheduling issues, um, but we are the home of professional podcasting, so we're not going to let this slide. And uh, bringing in uh, a special guest today uh, who is a, an overseer at Real Life Community Church, um, a uh, retired cavalry scout from, from the Army, uh, spent uh, a number of years as a Cav Scout and then a number of other positions in the Army as well, uh, does a, a number of uh, jobs that... that uh, are very challenging. Most importantly, the father of uh, two pre-adolescent boys, and uh, that might be the most challenging of all. The least challenging is probably being married to his uh, to his dear wife Jessica, who makes life very easy, I'm sure. So, uh, without further ado, I will introduce my brother Jeff Zeiger, uh, coming to us by phone from the big city of Niles, Michigan. And uh, Jeff, welcome. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, it's good that I'm on the phone. Uh, I have a <laughs> great, great face for radio, as, as my father told me. So. It's, it's a family trait, apparently. So uh, without Stacy here, people just get to look at my ugly mug and yeah, they get I'm, to, get to hear no, your voice. I have no Stacy, so don't, <laughs> don't, don't have the same expectations on that. Probably won't be talking about 90s pop culture nearly as much. Although, no, even though I was actually, you know, that's right. in the 90s. That, that's right. She, she was in elementary school. <laughs> She's constantly talking about 90s stuff, but she was in elementary school. So, I don't know. What, what are you going to say? You know, <laughs> when you're born in 88, your understanding of the 90s is different than when you graduated actually <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, as we are... Um, as we're working through this idea uh, of the breastplate of righteousness, I, I, it would be fitting, I suppose, to uh, read the text, and, and um, I'll start with that. So Ephesians chapter 6, um, starting with verse 10, Paul writes, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is the New International Version. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth, belt of truth buckled around your waist, here's our focus for today, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So uh, on Sunday in the sermon, we, we started out not by looking at Ephesians 6, but by looking at Proverbs 4 as... Solomon is uh, is pointing out the importance, the, the central importance of wisdom. And it's interesting to me, uh, and Jeff, I don't know if this uh, struck you as we were reading it or not, but when, when we talk about wisdom, I think most of us think about the mind, right? We think about 
thinking. We think about knowing and, and doing and acting. Uh, but as, as Paul is, I'm sorry, as Solomon is talking about the, this idea of wisdom in Proverbs 4, he says, starting in verse 20, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. And after talking about wisdom for, for, for the first three chapters and, and the first half of chapter 4, he then says in verse 23, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In, in the newer edition of the NIV, it says, For everything you do flows from it. Uh, he continues, put away perversity from your mouth, keep corrupt, corrupt talk from your lips, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you, make level paths for your feet, take only ways that are firm, do not swerve to the right or the left, keep your foot from evil. And so we were looking at how what Solomon says here in Proverbs 4 might connect to this idea that Paul gives us of the breastplate of righteousness and uh you know, while Paul is clearly drawing some some terms and some thoughts from uh, from Isaiah fifty nine, not from Proverbs uh, four, I, I find it hard not to connect the the protection of our vital organs, the the breastplate covering, as it were, the breast where our heart is located, uh, to separate that from Solomon's idea of guard your heart. Uh, above above all else, you know, if you're going to get wisdom, and that's the context Solomon's talking about, if, if you're going to pursue wisdom, if you're going to take hold of what I'm telling you, all of this mental stuff, you got to guard your heart too, right? Yeah. Well, the, yeah, obviously the, the knowledge of it is one thing, but, uh, you know, just having that in your, in your, in your brain, in your, in your, head capacity that's that's great but uh if your if your heart is is drawn elsewhere it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have right it doesn't right your, the internal part is is still dark so it's absolutely and, th- and there's something you know in that that heart picture and again you know we're all smart enough to recognize we're not talking about the the physical organ that pumps your blood and and we're not necessarily we, we need to recognize also it's not entirely different than how we might use the idea of heart metaphorically when we talk about you know my my heart is full or, or whatever else you know the the different feelings that go along with that but it's kind of bigger than that we're talking about the old testament picture in particular um the the heart is really that inner person the, the whole being that includes your emotions but really also includes your will. And, you know, you can probably, you know, I think you and I both recognize, and, and you can speak to it better than I can probably, that, you know, when you go through training in the military, whether it's basic or, or you know, whatever unit training you're going through, everybody gets the same information. Not everybody does the same stuff with it. <laughs> That's kind of a big deal. You, you got to choose. You, you, have, you have to have the will to overcome the fear or the doubt or the, the pride or whatever else uh, can steer you away from your training. Yeah, I, I mean, it's in, obviously outside of, even outside of the military aspect of, of the breastplate, uh, when you think of how many of God's people or you know, uh, ministers or televangelists or whatever that 
you know, have fallen in a, in a public way. Hmm. Knowledge was there. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it wasn't your lack of knowledge that got you in trouble. It was uh, that lack of, of or, or, you know, your your inner self. You, you might have, you know, put all the studies in and, and known exactly what was right and wrong and where you should have been. That hmm. doesn't matter if the heart's not protected. Wow, that's such a great picture of it, too. When you think about it, you know, all the various, you know, clergy scandals that we've seen or, or you know, Christians who are known to have uh, had great knowledge of the Scripture and knowledge of the Lord and, and not even questioning, you know, really, for our purposes here, not really questioning even the relationship. They may know the Lord. They may have right. that that same, um, you know, the, the very real uh, relationship but for whatever reason, uh, they were not guarding their heart. And so uh, as the devil attacks, he was able to get a hold of, uh, of those feelings and change their will. And, you know, we can see that, you know, in, from, from the example that you gave, we're talking about adultery and marriage. You know, we make a, a mental commitment, but if we don't guard our hearts, then our feelings can, can betray us. We can allow thoughts to creep in that take us down a path that alters our will and we do things that are contrary to the truth that we already have within us so that's a pretty big deal yeah so uh right now you well right now you're uh, you're a plumber right <laughs> today you're working on some plumbing yeah, in your building i don't know I don't know what hat I'm wearing. <laughs> it's the beauty of retirement is you get lots of hats. Uh, but as you're as you're uh, doing your various jobs now in your retirement, one of them is is working as a security guard for hospitals, right? Yes. And so, um, what what kind of gear do you wear in that as far as trying to be protected? You know, you you, you face dangers. You've told me some stories most of the time as is the case with most uh, emergency work or security work, you have uh, have those moments of sheer terror interspersed with days and weeks and months of sheer boredom, right? But yeah. you have to be protected and prepared for things that come up. What's that like? Well, they uh, for us, because there's been, I mean, basically, uh, we've upped security in hospitals because there's so many issues in the ERs and with the mental health status of our country, there's a lot of uh, issues. So there's, as the violence increases in hospitals, they increase security. So I just kind of cover shit. kind of glad for that personally. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, <clears throat> I don't do it all the time. Like some of these guys, there's a lot of retired police officers, a lot of people in that, in that realm that kind of, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say enjoy, but are, but, uh, you know, they, they find security, they find uh, keeping others out of harm's way kind of a, a, a fun thing for them. So, and that's, um, I can probably be considered one of those people. I just, uh, retirement's, you know, it's boring. So sometimes you need to get a little, <laughs> a, a little adrenaline flow. But And sometimes you got to take the wife out to eat, you know, you got to yeah. do some things. You know, boys are expensive, so... And it wasn't uh, long ago that those those same people were just wearing, uh, you know, a polo shirt, and they decided that they're going to have to not only uh, show a stronger presence, um, 
but just protect the, the guards as well. So they stepped up uh, our offense with phasers and our defense with uh, a bullet bulletproof vests or tactical gear. So not only does it deter bad people from doing bad things because it looks tougher, but it also <laughs> uh, protects uh, if, if there were a, you know some violence that goes on. So they could have probably cut some corners and given you just a padded vest that looked like you were wearing a bulletproof vest. Sure. Yeah, that's right. But it's not going to help a whole lot if a, a shooter comes. So yeah. you know, and, and you know, to my knowledge, you've never faced a, a shooter in that situation, have you? No. And or pra- any other pra- situation. Praise God for that. That's yeah, that's I've a good thing. I've dealt with a lot of armor plates and uh, a lot of protection, and I've never never had to worry about live fire coming at me yeah except for, for you know like on a, on a range or things like that where it's always dangerous but so how how easy is it then in whether in this job or while you're in the army like you said you know you're on the range you got some some dangerous things at times uh, how easy is it when you are not anticipating um actually facing enemy fire or, or having a, you know, nobody plans for a shooter to show up in the ER or anything like that. But how easy is it after extended periods of time without uh, noticeable, visible threats that you're, that you're conscious of to maybe not take uh, the protection seriously? Uh, did, did you ever deal with having to stay on top of people while you're in the military to make sure, hey, you know, you need to get your gear. You need to be serious about this. Is it easy to then let your guard down as you're going through these things? Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, the thing is to wear it, um, you know, requires discipline. It's not fun to wear. It's heavy. It's very hot. Uh, so it takes some, some mental discipline to say, hey, I'm going to keep this on because either, even if there's not a threat at the time, it's training for when there is, right? So, if you wear it, if you, you know, keep not wearing it and just feel like, well, I'll put it on when the battle hits, um, that's not, that's not exactly a good training. So hmm. it, it takes some discipline to, to keep it on and, and you get relaxed. And I'm sure I've been guilty of it myself where I'm like, this is, you know, uh, it's been a long time since I've needed it. So I'm just gonna, you know, right. it's easier to not put it on and, that makes you sloppy and lazy. You know, I just uh, shared something on uh, on Facebook this morning. Was, I don't remember where the post came from, but I saw it, and it reminded me of you and I growing up, and so I, I shared it. And uh, it was something to the effect of, um, you know, there there's a, a time in life when you recognize that bad things can happen, and you do it anyway, and that's courage. But stupidity is the same the same thing you see there there could be a bad effect and you do it anyway and you have right. stupidity and it reminded me of how many things we did growing up and you know hopefully we've stopped but i make no promises uh where we see boy this could really go badly you know but hey let's go for it anyway right and and yeah. the number of times that we did things that were entirely unsafe and if you know mom or or i was gonna say dad but uh, maybe not but if mom were around or, or somebody wiser than us or more cautious than us we would have 
had to take better precautions. You know, maybe wear a helmet when we're jumping the bike off of different things or, you know, any number of situations like that. Maybe not, you know, try to start a fire with accelerants yeah. not made for that, you know. Those... Almost, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, a lot of times you could see it before the fact. Like, you know, I should do this, but I'm going to, but this is easier, this is quicker, and I'll just do it this way. Or this seems more fun. I would say 100% of the time, after it was done, whether bad things occurred <laughs> or not, you could look back and say, ah, I should have done different, yeah. <laughs> that, that was dumb. <laughs> only by God's grace did I get out of that mess. Yeah. Now put, now people post those things on the internet. But, yeah, yeah, you know. Make tons, yeah, make tons <laughs> of money on YouTube. But it is easy, you know, when you're caught up in it. You know, by the time you're in the mode of doing it, the adrenaline's pumping, the emotions are there, you know, you got all these feelings to go along with it. And, and when we talk about our hearts and feelings, we often think of, of softer things, you know, em, emotional things that, that, that can hurt our emotions, insults or whatever else. But we don't always think of the, the emotions of excitement or anger or pride or, you know, all the different things that can come from that, that heart of who we are and lead us, it, it, take charge of our will. It, it's like it commandeers our will from us and causes us to do or not do uh, according to the feelings rather than according to true wisdom. And, and we need to be able to take charge of that. And, and you know, as you were talking about how, how easy it can be, you know, to kind of let your guard down over time and you have to remember, you have to discipline yourself. Um, growing up on a farm, we did... A lot of things, a lot of the time, a lot of dangerous things that were just part of life. It just it's what you do, and it's important for people to learn farm safety if you're going to be doing those things. And, and our, our local county fair has uh, farm safety things that they do. Um, the 4-H does farm farm safety things. Uh, you know, I think um, the tractor company that our dad used to work for would would teach tractor safety. And that's important. But what ends up happening is just like you said, after you've been doing this for a long time and you know better, you know, you've been farming for 30 years, you know what's safe and unsafe, you know better, but there's a job to do, there's something going on, and you're putting aside the potential danger. And, and very often you do the unsafe thing. And when you hear about these older farmers, who are you know the most experienced guys around and end up injured or killed in a farm accident? Very often, it's because of that very thing that we've become comfortable in what we do and we let our guard down and don't uh, don't take those safety precautions. Yeah, it's so. always uh, it's it's amazing the seconds into what is potentially a, a mm. very dangerous thing or or you know something that is going wrong. You you kind of remember all the things that you should have done you know like right i really should have strapped that on or i really you know, i really should have put that load differently or done something differently i mean within seconds all the safety precautions that the, the discipline measures that you should have done prior to this come into your head like oh yep i uh, that i should have done that <laughs> right and and so often i think we do that spiritually as well where where we we get comfortable we let our guard down and we don't think about it until we're already in it. And you're in the it, middle of a yeah, you're in the middle of a controversy or 
or strife in your life and you think, boy, you know, if I would have exactly uh, done this differently, this wouldn't be the same result. And then it feels like there's nothing we can do about it. You know, it's, it's, it's in a sense, it's too late. I'm, I'm already in it and the damage is being done. Now I need to get out of it. I need to, to fix this. But, you know, so often we don't even learn for next time. And so we, we find ourselves uh, unprotected because we've gone into it without preparation. And so as we uh, have been looking at, at uh, Ephesians 6.14, we see the, the prepared, protected, proactive idea that, that the belt of truth is our preparation. We've got to have sound doctrine to be able to, to uh, gird ourselves up, to be able to, to, to keep from stumbling. That truth of sound doctrine is crucial. And we need to, in that preparation, put on the armor to guard our heart. We need to actively watch out against the devil's attacks on our feelings and emotions, which will impact our will. If we, if we don't have the truth, then it's not going to matter. And if we have the truth, um, if we have the truth, then we need to uh, take hold of that and... and and be um, alert and attentive to the reality that there's more at stake here than just our mind. It's not just some intellectual thing. Our, our faith in Christ is more than, like you said earlier, just knowledge. I can have all the knowledge in the world. But if I'm not watching over my heart, if I'm not protecting myself from the devil's lies where he slips in there and tries to, to deceive me into thinking that something that is displeasing to God is actually pleasing or acceptable or to distract me into being caught up in the things of this world rather than uh, than the things that are eternal or to discourage me with overwhelming shame and guilt and accusations. If, if I don't watch out and guard against those things, then the I'm allowing the enemy to get to my vital organs and it undermines my will, and I am no longer able to use that truth as I'm going forward. Yeah, I, this particular passage is is kind of a, one of many, but this is this is like a, a warrior's passage. Yeah, uh, which is cool because when you're of that kind of mindset, which I am, you know, uh, the, the battles and the and the, the fighting, and I, I can remember I had a, a shirt in high school that had. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? It was kind of a wrestling. Pretty good as a wrestler, right? And and, uh, and, and so you, and to, to have my boys, you know, both be at uh, uh, at the sermon on Sunday, and then to be able to talk to them as they go into their school day, hmm. it's it's strange because we don't think of you know, like you said, letting your guard down or le- lack of discipline. You're going into a school, right? That's it's fun. It's easy. It's just good times. But it's a war zone, mm. and and you don't, uh, you know, not only at the school, but but our lives too. You know, just in a, a, the adult life, when you when you think of, well, I'm just going into, uh, you know, if you're going into a battlefield, you're you're probably prepared, you're ready. You know, you're you're about to face the enemy because you, you know got all that yeah. stuff on. Right. You're ready to go. You're thinking about it. I'm right. I'm gonna go into war, and I have all my my uh, protection on, but. You know, when you're going to a range or when you're doing the, you know, the mundane stuff, and all of a sudden you kind of don't put those things on. You're like, ah, I don't really need it. There's no enemy out there. And I think in our daily walk, you know, we're not 
constantly thinking this is a war zone and we are but but the our enemy is our enemies knowing that this is a war zone every day absolutely so the, the preparation has to be there and the battlefield is is our mind he he is it's not so much the circumstances you know circumstances happen to the good uh, to the godly and the ungodly uh, but what happens inside of us is what the enemy is primarily concerned with and what the Lord is primarily concerned with what the things that we face, when, when your kids go to school or, you know, you get a report that, you know, a loved one uh, is, you know, down with COVID and, and might not make it or has cancer or, you know, who knows, any number of things, a financial downturn, um, you know, even even things like, you know, the, the person that I oppose being elected, you know, it can it can overwhelm us. And, and what we do with it in our minds is really such a huge thing because what we believe and think is going to drive how we live. So when you send your kids off to school into that battle, into that war zone, uh, we need to make sure that they're equipped and aware. And, and so how, how do you go about that? Well, it's a, it's a daily reminder. I think the same way I do myself. I, you know, it's, uh, I'm raising kids is uh, just a kind of a daily reminder of my shortcomings. Mm. And, and, uh, and so as I'm trying to remind them, because you can't equip yourself when you're already overwhelmed, right? You hang out, picking the wrong friends or doing the wrong things. And it's the little, you know, little statements here and there, and right. the, the little, uh, uh, I'm going to give, give in to this thing, but it's, you know, just this once or whatever. And and it's that slow fade that you know. Good song too, path. by the way. So yeah. Just trying to daily remind of daily devotions, daily prayer, and uh, and just staying equipped. Yeah, that you know when you think about that, you mentioned slow fade, and obviously I'm reminded of the song by Casting Crowns. But that's you know when we look at how these things go, we seldom crumble in a day. I mean, it's it's not usually. You know, I'm going great. I'm going great. I'm, I'm walking strongly with the Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm focused on His Word. My mind is on Him. I see Christ is most precious, and my priorities are focused on God. It, it that's not generally the time that I stumble. It it can be. I mean, we can we can we can trip. But what generally happens when we see our character fail? When we um, when we and you alluded to this earlier with the uh, idea of the scandals and stuff. It's when I don't guard my heart, and it's the little things that chip away. When I make entertainment choices that that allow sin to feel normal to me. When when I laugh at jokes where it's you know it's not a big deal, but it's enough. You know these these things that are not overtly pornographic, but they are ungodly in in smaller. Uh, or, or not not eternally smaller, but but less noticeable ways, and so we just go along with things, and then it starts to erode that fortress, and, and the walls begin to slowly crumble. That slow fade that you mentioned, and well, if absolutely, I, I think of you know just in, in my twenties when you know many times acted just like an idiot and like I didn't know better. So many times just trying to get it right. Like, I, I'm going to focus on getting this right. But my heart wasn't right. Mm. So you can, you know, you make the right steps. You make, okay, well, I'm going to get into the Bible. This will get me right. But right. still I haven't, 
I haven't protected my heart. I'm, I'm gaining the knowledge, maybe putting the knowledge in there or, or actually never lacked it or probably had it already. But yet, if the heart's not right, if your heart's not protected, well, all, all that knowledge isn't going to help you. So you bring up a good point there. Because we do fail, and I think, you know, I think all of us uh, who are, are listening here are in, engaged enough with reality to recognize that, that we do fail. You know, my own righteousness is bound to fail. And the more I know the Lord, the more I know of his commands and his law, the better I recognize that I don't live up to that, right? We, we all fall short of God's glory. And, and, and it doesn't take a whole lot of observation to realize that. So if righteousness is the protection from my heart, Right, and righteousness being the faithful obedience, uh, uh, particularly uh, as we're looking at how we treat others and, and, and so on and so forth. But when, when the right heart is coming out through my hands, this is where I find the protection, the, the breastplate of this righteousness. But if, if that's the case, and I know that I fail, then my, what should be my armor and my righteousness becomes one more weapon in the enemy's arsenal as he then brings his uh, his accusations against me and tries to go after my feelings of shame and guilt and uh, and then I, I'm, I'm stuck because I can't protect myself with my own righteousness, which is why, you know, as we looked at this, the core reality is that the protection we need in battle is the righteousness that we've received by grace you know it, it we have to be able to look beyond our own righteousness that to recognize as the hymn says that that we stand dressed in his righteousness alone right and stop doing it trying to do it on our own yeah you know stop trying to say well i'm gonna i'm gonna power through this i'm gonna make it right you're not god's I, gonna make it i, I think that's also allow what, him to do it. allowing him to do it is, is really the key I, I think that's one of the struggles that we have when we look at, um, at religiousness, religiosity, if you will. The, this idea of trying to be good, to be better, and, and to have this checklist faith where I'm living up to a standard. And, and especially when we allow the devil to deceive us and we don't have truth, we don't have a sound doctrine that, that recognizes that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. It's not through our works. And yet we are still called as those who have been saved to works. And, and it's not even, uh, it, it's, it's not the idea of a, of a grace plus, you know, I, I get my, <laughs> I, I get the red off my ledger because of what Christ did. And now I start fresh. It's not that because I, even if I start fresh, I still am going to fail. My righteousness is still going to leave holes and gaps in my armor. But if I can continually remind myself that it's not about me, it's Christ's perfect righteousness being imputed to me, that I, I have received credit for his righteousness, and I get to wear the armor of his righteousness, and that righteousness is God's perfect protection it, the devil can't attack my heart when I am grounded in and recognizing, wait a minute, this isn't about my failures or my successes. It's just about the one 
that I've been united to when God placed me in Christ. So that that the struggle that we face with that means I, I have to choose to put that on. The, the armor's already mine. He's already done everything that could ever be done to give me all the protection I could ever need. I get to choose to wear it in battle by reminding myself about that, that it's his righteousness and his righteousness has been given to me apart from my worthiness of it, right? When I, when I feel that vulnerability, I got to remind myself. I have to, and you mentioned this with your, with your boys and with yourself. I have to actively choose to remember truth, to remember that I'm covered by the righteousness of Christ. And if I know that, if I trust in that and I rest in that, then the enemy's attacks can't harm me because of it. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a huge thing that we overlook so often, I think in our Christian walk is, is we focus on, I have to live out the righteousness and there's, there's an element to that. There's a, there's a truth to that. When his righteousness is in me, I need to let that show through me. And the more I walk in his steps, the more I, I follow the example of God as a dearly loved child, as we saw back in, in, chapter five, the more I walk worthy of my calling, the easier it is for me to remember that I am a child of God. I I feel more assured when I'm seeing that in my life. But when I'm not, when when the devil says, oh, you, you thought you were doing so well, but see how you blew it? You're just a worthless piece of trash. And he tries to get into our heads. Then I have to fall back on reminding myself, wait a minute, this is about his righteousness. I didn't do anything to earn this in the first place, so I can't blow it because I didn't earn it. And I have to remind yeah. myself that I can't lose what I didn't earn. Yeah, so. it's, uh, it's true. It's like uh, the young, uh, who's the, the, the red-headed uh, prince who somehow forgot he's royalty. Yeah, Harry, Harry was in the, in the news <laughs> so often throughout his life for not living as was expected of a royal trying to be like everybody else and, and i'm not saying this as an indictment of him personally or anything i don't i don't know the guy but uh, but i do know what i see in the news and so then they had the whole thing with him and his wife and oprah and the big interview and basically you know renouncing you know the royalty it's forgetting what that means forgetting the fact that they have this interview in the first place simply because he is royal <laughs> you know yeah right and, right and I got to remember who I am. That there's something to it, to that. And you know, obviously, That's right. If I'm a if I'm a child of the one true King, right, I better act like. Absolutely, and you know, and it, it's funny. That's at least the second song you've made reference to here as as we've been going through. And I think that's something that helps. I you know, not to not to make it too small or trite or anything. I, I but feel like I feel like because Stacy's not here, I try to reference well, a lot of music. See, that's good. That's a good thing. I like it. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you haven't referenced Tupac or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke with Emma the other day about Tupac. She said something that reminded me of Tupac. And she's like, oh, I know Tupac. I'm like, girl, you don't know anything about Tupac. And if you do, you're grounded. So anyway, yeah. you know, but, but the reality is when we fill our minds with truth in things like listening to Christian music, and I'm not saying if you listen to other kinds of music, you're some terrible sinner or anything like that. But, but the best non-Christ-focused music that I've ever listened to that really 
feeds my emotions and builds me up. You know, whatever if whether it's you know Leonard Skinner or Celine Dion, whatever you know, whatever uh, uh, all these different things that that can be good, can be positive, but but they're not Christ focused. They're not building me up. And the more I listen to these songs, because whatever you listen to, whatever music, especially, but same thing with movies, television, you know, books. You know, I've been uh, doing a lot of comic book stuff with my son uh, Ricky, talking to him about it, because you know he's become something of a of an expert, and uh, so we enjoy those conversations. But all of those things feed into our minds, and if I'm surrounding myself, if I'm listening to music, and I, let's be honest there's some junk christian music just like there's some junk secular music you know some is good some is bad but when i'm feeding myself with things that are focusing my mind on christ i am helping myself to guard my heart i'm I'm surrounding myself with things that build me up in christ rather than tear me down and and so that can help I need to still be on guard because there can be false doctrines and things that come up and I need to make sure that my belt of truth is tightened around me to, to make sure that I'm, I'm not being uh, stuck in, in those things. But there's something to surrounding myself with Christian music, Christian people, Christian conversation, um, not to the exclusion of having a witness in the world, but there's a difference between uh, being a witness in the world and having my inner circle, uh, you know, my, my, the people that influence me the most and the, um, the experiences that influence me the most being rooted in the world. Yeah. So, well, we have uh, come to the end of our time and I want to tell you how much I appreciate having you on here. It's good to be able to do it. We certainly miss Stacy. Um, but, uh, it's much better having you on here than just people listening to me yammer on by myself. So, so with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, for those who are new to the podcast, I want to encourage you, uh, invite you, whether you're uh, seeing this on Facebook or YouTube or you're hearing it on, on a podcast platform, uh, please do uh, give us a like and, and subscribe, uh, comment, uh, if you're listening to the audio and you're on a podcast platform, then then we'd really appreciate a five-star review. All of those things bump the algorithms up and, and, and help us uh, to be able to connect God's Word uh, with more people. And so, you know, we're here to connect the reality of God with the realities of life. And if you are on board with that mission and would like to see us uh, be able to, to reach more people, then please... Uh, do one of those things. Um, you can uh, reach us at something something real at reallifeonline.org if you'd like to send us an email with questions or comments. Uh, you can uh, leave us a voicemail at 756, uh, 269 that is, at 269-756-RLCC. I'm not as good at this as Stacy. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, uh, the church Instagram. Uh, she has that as well. Um, and uh, we're also now on Twitter, so you can find something real on Twitter. Uh, and with that, I'm going to say see you next time. I'm trying to think of what Stacy usually says when she signs out here. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, thanks for joining us, and uh, everybody else. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for joining us. It was great, and it was uh, 
was a, another tool to prepare myself to be uh, ready for battle. There you go. And thanks for helping us gear up as well.